Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Wow, we've been gathering up and hurrying for the last couple of minutes. Uh, Ken, radio business is not all that it's cracked up to be. (laughs) Zeb, I think this is the worst I've seen you hustling and rustling and trying to find stuff. And you know, your office is so well organized. I don't know easy, how you could easy, easy, could easy, <laughs> buddy. You uh, you might consider yourself on real thin ice. Well, it looks a lot like my desk. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, no, yeah. but thank God, and I mean this for my lovely wife. If it wasn't for her, what happened, folks? Real quick, and I don't want to take time away from Ken, but we had a last minute cancellation. We verify and then re-verify everybody that's going to be on our program. And all of a sudden, last minute, we had a cancellation for the 1030 block. And it just drives you into a tailspin or elsewhere. And you saw it, Ken. (laughs) I did. I did. Well, let's get on with my show. Dr. History. So before we start, I want to say hi to Joshua and his family in Wisconsin, year old home state. What part? I don't know. Well, uh, you should find these things out. Well, he emailed me, and he says they have dairy blood running through their... Well, that's the whole state. Yeah. Joshua, and, if you're listening, don't row that boat ashore. <laughs> Just give us a call and let us know where you're at. Yep. So, hi, Joshua and your family, and thanks for uh, your comments. All right. So today, we're going to talk about a guy that some people probably will recognize. His name is Joaquin Marietta Carrillo. Oh, yeah. All right. He went by the, only the first two names. Though. Right. Joaquin Marietta. Marietta. Yeah. And he's also called the Robin Hood of the West yep. or the Robin Hood of El Dorado. He was a 49er, a vaquero, and a gold miner who became a famous outlaw in California That's right. during the California gold rush mm-hmm. of the 1850s. Right. Now, the popular legend of Joaquin Marietta is that of a peace-loving man driven to seek revenge when he and his brother were falsely accused of stealing a mule. His brother was hanged. Stealing a mule? Yeah. His brother was hanged, and Joaquin was horsewhipped. Oh, my. His young wife was attacked, and in one version, she died in Joaquin's arms. Oh, my. So, swearing revenge, Joaquin hunted down all who had killed his wife and got his revenge. You don't want to steal any jackasses, I'll tell you that. So, bands of his gang, when not engaged in the horse trade, they robbed and killed a few miners, or they killed a few settlers. Just out of retribution. Yeah, well, whatever, yeah. Particularly those returning from the California gold fields. Really? So they probably robbed them as well. But the gang is believed to have killed up to 28 Chinese and 13 Anglo-Americans. Oh, my. And that figure only takes in account the reports from their raids in early 1853. So oh. the, the numbers could have been worse, or, you know, worse than that. 
But in 1919, there was a guy by the name of Johnson McCulley, and he supposedly received his inspiration for his fictional character, Don Diego de la Vega, better known as Zorro. Zorro. And this was from an 1854 book entitled The Life and Adventures of Juan or Joaquin Morietta, the Celebrated California Bandit by John Roland Ridge. There you go. So anyway, John heard about a Mexican miner who had turned to banditry and was intrigued by the story. So that's where, you know, if you've seen the movie, the latest Zorro movie, it kind of follows Did you ever that. watch the TV series? Oh, you bet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... This is after all the things he'd done wrong. On May 17, 1853, the legislature passed an act creating the California Rangers with Harry Love as their captain and Governor John Bigler signed it into law. It authorized the formation of a company not to exceed 20 men for service of three months unless they got disbanded earlier. Each enlistee was to be paid $150 a month, which in 1853... That was darn good money back then. Yeah. Yeah. But was required to furnish his own horse, weapons, equipment, and provisions. Okay. And it was clear from the outset that this ranger force was established for the sole purpose of eliminating the Joaquin gang of outlaws. What area was this Um, down in California? Yeah, I believe it was. I, was it done uh, around L.A. or in that yeah, area? Yeah, it's the, like Mission uh, San Jose. Mission Viejo? Yeah, the, yeah, down that area. I see. So, but, you know, sort of like the Texas Rangers, but, but not quite, really. But, you know, once his Rangers were assembled in late May, Captain Love led the company out in this historic manhunt for one guy. For more, well, his gang, too. But for more than a month, he and his men explored the San Joaquin Valley. And the Sierra Foothills, so you're right about the the area. Yeah, I think I, I remember reading stories when I was down announcing the Clovis Rodeo that all through that San Joaquin Valley, uh, there were stories about uh, right. Marietta. Yeah, and, but they were searching for the leads uh, to the gang's current location. Well, so information from interrogation led them on across the coast ranges to Mission San Jose, mm-hmm. where Marietta was said to visit occasionally. And there, Love made his first notable arrest on July 10th when his rangers collared a guy by the name of Jesus Feliz. Uh-huh. And he was a known uh, Confederate and relative by marriage to Marietta, the gang leader. And he was a bad guy, too, this Jesus. But after a pretty intensive interrogation, and I don't know what they did, uh, Feliz. They asked him nicely. They asked him nicely. Love took his prisoner and company 50 miles south to San Juan Batista. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So the question, why did Jesus Feliz, a hardened criminal, assist his captors in their quest for his former partners in crime? I understand that. (laughs) That can only be a good guess. Uh, anyway, he may have tried uh, the life of an outlaw, especially after seeing two of his brothers die violently. He may have simply thought, you know, I'm tired of this getting killed and shot at, and in return for leniency. And He's tired of getting killed yeah, and shot at? You yeah. only die once. Yeah. Well, getting killed and shot several at? Several times. Oh, I see. <laughs> but he knew he would get some leniency I from see. the court, <laughs> you know. So in any event, Love took him along on the hunt, and the information he provided proved essential to the Rangers 
for their success. How big a gang was Marietta's? You know, it doesn't really say, because there was, uh, it's almost like there was two or three gangs, and he was kind of the head of them, sort of a... Kind of a family corporation. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, with provisions for an 18-day adventure, Love's men spread the word at San Juan Batista that they were heading off on a scout down the coast. Now, this was a deliberate lie. And it was intended to hide the passing of their actual plans so that Joaquin would kind of be fooled. Oh, okay? sinister. Yeah. So the, the residents, uh, uh, you know, they kind of passed the word on where they thought Love was going to go. Now, Love led his rangers into the Salinas Valley. He stopped in the afternoon, evidently, to spend the night. But when darkness fell, he had them break camp mount up and make a forced march along the San Benito River to Pinoch Pass in the remote section of the coast ranges. Uh He set up camp there and set out some scouting patrols looking for signs of the band, of Marietta's band. Now, this love was a pretty interesting guy. I wish I knew more about him, but he was not one to sit in camp and wait for his men to report. He didn't just sit there. So love uh, took this Jesus Feliz in charge. Oh, they still got the guy. Oh, yeah, they still got him. And so love took him and started a little scouting party himself. Mm -hmm. Now, following his nose, so to speak, his trailing instincts, uh, like I said, this guy was a pretty pretty good guy, and perhaps suggestions from Feliz. I wonder what they did to coerce him possibly to keep on helping. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How long is that rope? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, he led the patrol southwards for some 20 miles. On July 20th, he came on a deep canyon where Mexican Mustang hunters were camped with a herd of several hundred horses. Now, brands on some of the animals made it clear that not all were wild Mustangs. Oh, they were recently purchased. Yes, and Love suspected the herd included horses stolen from the ranches on the coast. Now, without alerting the Mexicans to his presence, he headed back to his own camp to get reinforcements. Oh, absolutely. So he's a a smart guy. So the next day he returned with his entire ranger company, which still is only about 20 guys. I mean, it's not a lot of guys. Um, and they rode directly into the camp. Right? Uh, Marietta's camp. Yeah, rode right on in. Now, while the Mexicans, some of whom were probably Marietta gang members, they kind of walked silently. I, they, I guess they didn't know who was coming in. So um, they watched, and he and his men kind of examined the suspect horses, and they confiscated eight that they believed had been stolen. So did this band of horse thieves know that these were rangers? You know, I don't know that they did, but they were mixed with Marietta's band. So you got the Mustangers that are just getting Mustangs, and then his gang. Okay. So anyway, after telling the Mustangers he was taking the horses to San Juan Batista for positive identification, Love departed with his Rangers. And the horses? Yeah, with just those eight horses. Now, believing this would send the Mustang hunter straight to Murrieta to warn him that lawmen were hot on his trail, Love made camp about 10 miles away from the canyon and waited three days. He's got some, some things going on here. He's figuring this out. So he allowed the Mustangers ample time to round up their horses and move out. Okay. Now, on July 24th, he and his rangers returned to an empty canyon, but tracks revealed that the Mustangers had moved their herd westward down the canyon, 
and convinced that his idea had worked and the Mustang hunters would lead him straight to Murrieta, Love rested his men the remainder of that day and evening in preparation for what was likely to be an exciting day okay, now, on the next day. I want to make sure I follow this in okay. the audience. Okay. Uh, Love took his outfit with the horses 10 miles away. Right. Okay. Unwaited. Then waited three days. Yes. Then, at the end of the third day, went right back to the outlaw camp and waited there. Right. But he knew, he uh, figured these Mustangers were headed to Murrieta's, uh, uh, where he was at, his camp. So he was letting them come to him. Well, but he was going to follow the the tracks of these Mustangers. You're confusing me. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well, let's just keep going. Maybe it'll straighten out. (laughs) Anyway, so here we go, Zeb. At 2 o'clock in the morning, on July 25th, the Rangers moved down the canyon to the valley below. Dawn was breaking when they spotted smoke from a campfire some three miles ahead. Love and his men rode hard toward this site and got within 400 yards before they were discovered. By all this noise, it awakened the Mexicans, which, again, was a mixture of Mustangers and the Murrieta gang members. I see. All right? Making noise. Making noise. As the Rangers thundered into camp, all heck broke loose. Heck. Heck broke loose. Most of the Mustang hunters ran for their horses. Obviously, sure. While the banditos, the bad guys, they went for their guns. Oh. Okay, so now you know who's who. Who's good and bad. Right. Yeah. The mounted rangers herded those running back into the camp at gunpoint. One man, quote, a handsome, long-haired, fair-complected young Mexican of about 23, standing beside his horse at the edge of a deep canyon, stepped forward and said, quote, Talk to me. I am the leader of this band. Mm, that was Murrieta? Yeah. So, a guy, a ranger by the name of Bill Byrnes reined up at this point, took one look at the man, and recognized him as the one they wanted. And he said, and the ranger said, quote, this is Joaquin, boys, he shouted, and he said, we have got him at last. And they had their guns out. Yeah. Now, hearing this, one of the bandit uh, chieftain's followers, later identified as Bernardino, Get this, Zeb, three-fingered Jack Garcia. Oh, yeah. Went to school with his sister. <laughs> three-fingered Jack Garcia yeah. pulled out a pistol and shot off two rounds, uh, directing his fire at the ranger captain, Love. Well, one bullet grazed Love's head and made a new part in his hair. While well, the others missed entirely. He, this guy must have been a bad shot or uh, really excited. Anyway, an immediate, immediate answer of about nine shots fired by a guy by the name of Charlie Bloodworth, Bill Henderson, two other rangers, riddled the body of three-fingered Jack. So three-fingered was no Gone. More. He was no more. Yeah. To make sure that he was dead. Now, this is a little bit... Uh, yeah, but we're used to it. Yeah, okay, you? all right. Okay. So to make sure he was dead, Bill Byrnes and Love each pumped around into his head. Yeah. Okay. Well. So Garcia had lived only seconds after shooting at Love, but if his intention was to divert the Rangers' attention from his leader and give Murrieta a chance to escape, he was successful, Uh-oh. at least for a little while. Uh-oh. So Murrieta's taken off. He's gone. He's heading out. So when Jones got shot, grazed in the head, Murrieta jumps Love. on his horse and he's gone. Yeah. When Love got hit in the head. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's confusing. <laughs> okay. Keep this straight, or keep me straight. So before the Rangers could grab him, Murray had a J 
jumped onto his horse and riding bareback, dropped down the embankment to a creek below and raced off along the floor of the canyon. Okay. Henderson, one of the rangers, uh, the closest rangers to the fleeing bandit, emptied the other barrel of his shotgun at him, but his horse sh- uh, shied, causing him to miss. So he didn't didn't get him. But uh, dropping the shotgun, Henderson spurred his horse in pursuit at full gallop. He fired his six-shooter, hitting Joaquin's horse in the leg, but the animal kept on going for for a ways. This is like a TV series. Yeah. Now, a second pistol shot dropped the horse. I, you know, I hate to see a horse die. Yeah. You know, but Murrieta, he sprang to his feet, ran off down the canyon. Another ranger by the name of John White rode along the rim of the, the uh, canyon, firing his rifle at the wanted gang leader as Henderson continued with his six-shooter. So now you've got two guys chasing him. On either side. Yeah. Okay. So this long-sought bandit chieftain finally pitched forward into the creek with three bullets in his back. He was dead. That was the end of Joaquin. When the well, not quite. There's some. You more. got more? Oh, I've got more. Oh. When the Rangers reached Marietta, he muttered his last words: "Quote, don't shoot anymore. I'm dead." <laughs> Very. Astute. I thought that was a. Don't shoot anymore. I'm, I'm dead. dead. Just you know, quit shooting. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, Captain Love did what he had to do—an act which was commonly performed in the early West. To prove the death of a wanted fugitive. What'd they do? He had his men cut off the head of the bandit, Joaquin. In addition, he had them sever the head and the deformed hand of three-fingered Jack to prove that Joaquin's lieutenant had also been killed. Holy moly. aware... Okay, Zeb, remember? This is July. Yeah. Aware that, excuse me, in the midsummer heat, these grisly artifacts would uh, deteriorate rather quickly. He handed them over to a guy named Bill Barnes. I bet he was happy. And a new recruit named John Sylvester with instructions to hurry to Fort Miller, about 100 miles distant, and preserve the trophies in alcohol. 100 miles? Yeah. How fast can you go 100 miles on a horse, Zeb? Carrying a head. (laughs) So, with the grizzled trophies wrapped in a gunny sack and firmly secured behind Barnes' saddle, the two rangers crossed the San Joaquin on a ferry operated by the guy by the name of Samuel Bishop, to whom they explained their mission and displayed the gruesome trophies. They were already starting to, how should we say, go bad. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, that's It so happened that Bishop was well supplied with spirits. And he offered You're help. talking about he might have had a, a little imbibing. He produced an empty liquor keg, keg I see. into which the heads and hand were placed and covered with red-eye whiskey from a 40-gallon barrel. Oh, so they put the head in there and, then and the hand. With, and put it, covered it with whiskey, and co- red-eye whiskey, this 40-gallon barrel. I hope you're not going where I think you're well, going. Well, uh, I don't know. No. The keg was then secured to the back of a hired mule provided by the ferryman, and Byrnes and Sylvester continued on to Fort Miller. Now, there it was found that the head of Three-Fingered Jack was so badly deformed by the bullets that had killed him and by de- decomposition that it was useless for identification purposes, so it was buried. The hand. Yeah, but there's something else I'm going to talk about that kind of disputes that. Oh, I can't I know wait. we're getting short on time. Okay. So the head of Joaquin and the hand of Garcia... Uh, you know, this is not right. The, the the head of Joaquin and the hand of Garcia were retained in glass jars of alcohol so they could be viewed. So 
the first public notice of Joaquin's achievement appeared in the form of a letter to the San Joaquin Republican uh, newspaper with an appendage note regarding the weather, explaining Love's concern about the preservation of the heads. And he said, I hasten to inform you of the death of Joaquin the robber, who has been such a curse in the country for some time. Captain Barnes, one of the rangers, and Mr. Sylvester arrived here yesterday evening with the heads of Joaquin and one of his band, whom they captured at a place called Singing River, about 140 miles from here. The remainder of the party are expected to be here this evening with two prisoners. The weather is very warm. Thermometer 115 degrees in the shade. Ugh. Okay, now I'm going to show you uh, a poster. All right, Dab. show me a poster. Okay, no, we're about out of time. So here's a poster. Yeah. It says, will be exhibited for one day at the Stockton House. Oh, my. This day, August 19th from 9 a.m. until 6 p.m. Then in big letters, the head of the renowned bandit, and in big, huge letters, Joaquin, and the hand of three-fingered Jack, the notorious robber and murderer. Oh, my goodness. Now, in the fine print down below, it says, Joaquin and three-fingered Jack were captured by the state rangers under command of Captain Harry Love at the Arroyo Cantina, July 24th. No reasonable doubt can be entertained in regard to the identification of the head now on exhibition as being that of the notorious robber Joaquin Marietta, as it has been recognized by hundreds of persons who have formerly seen him. Oh my goodness! So if you now, Sam, if you saw this, you'd you'd want to go see mm, that. Why would you say I'd want to go? <laughs> yeah, it's because, not really on my bucket list. But we're both curious, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'd pay. Do you have a picture of Joaquin Marietta? Did he ever have an actual Um, picture? There are, but I and I I don't have one. Okay. Yeah, but there are some pictures. Holy smokes! They were gruesome times, Doctor History. Yeah, and so I I found it interesting that the Zorro stories kind of yeah intertwined. Yeah, intertwined with that. Yeah. So anyway, Uh, I gotta hand it. Well, no, I don't know if I should or not. (laughs) I gotta hand it to you. (laughs) That was a good story this morning, Joaquin Marietta. I'd heard a lot about him, and especially. Especially when you go in that area, they still talk about him. Do they? Yeah. Yeah.